Welcome to the podcast that passes poor performance on pop culture. I'm one of your hosts, Darren Duncan, alongside with my best friend, Audie Marsh. We're just a couple of cool cats casually causing some chaos with conversation. We're here to entertain you, not hurt your feelings. So don't blame us. What's happening, man? What's up? How are you feeling on this fine Friday evening? I feel great. You know, this has probably been the longest week i've had you say that time. every week <laughs> i don't know a couple of times they go pretty quick because this isn't the most anticipated the happiness my getaway uh yeah right friday nights hell yeah yeah tonight we have kevin summerfield he's a writer for slasher studios it's like an independent film company i can't wait to learn so much more about this this guy has like a passion for horror and you can tell it's just like uh it's just it's it's what he wants to do, you know what I mean? So it's it's really cool and I can't wait to converse with this dude and learn about him and the things that he's done. Yeah, absolutely. I'm don't mind me. I'm I'm always like fiddling Doing shit. around. I'm like the I matrix know. over here. I feel like I'm well go ahead and bring him on and uh while you yeah, do absolutely. all that and get caught up with all the social media stuff that you do, you tech genius <laughs> you. All right, here we go. Kevin, what's up, dude? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing very well. well. Awesome. I'm excited for you to be here, dude. I really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your Friday night to hang out with us. It's awesome. Yeah, really thanks for having me. I'm I'm looking forward to it, too. So where are you from, man? Uh, um, I grew up in Tomo, Wisconsin. I'm currently living in Appleton, Wisconsin, so the other side of the state now. Um, yeah, and been making... Horror movies for the last 10 years now. 10 years, wow. huh? 10 but years. you've been into horror yeah. way longer than that, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, yeah, my first horror movie was when I was five. So it's been it's been a good couple decades. Right. Do you <laughs> remember what it was and when how'd you got interested or uh introduced to it? Oh yeah. Um I had a babysitter that showed me Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it scared the shit out of me. And I never wanted to watch another horror movie again. But then, like, I couldn't stop thinking about it, and I, I wanted to experience that feeling again. So that was just kind of the groundshed moment, and I just have watched horror movies ever since. I got a similar story. It was a the damn babysitter trying to get us all to go to sleep, and she put on uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. That was, like, the first oh, nice. one I saw. I was a tiny, tiny kid. I'm, like, I don't know how old you are. I'm 35, so. Yeah, I. I'm just a little bit older, so pretty close. Okay, awesome. How did you get into? Uh, how did Slasher Studios come about? Have, have they they've been around since what, like 2011? Yeah, 2011, uh, 2010 was when we made our first uh, short film, which is Teddy. Um, it actually started uh, my producing partner Steve Goltz. Um, he was going to school at um, ASU, um, Arizona State University. And he needed to make a film for his uh, thesis project uh, to graduate. And he wanted to make a slasher film. And I wanted to make a slasher film for a long, long time. And it, it seems like the, the movies that were coming out right around that time, um, they were horror, just weren't very fun. They were they were taking themselves very seriously. So we just kind of wanted to, to kind of just have fun with the genre again. And we thought we were the only ones. And we just happened to make this like short, film and we sent it to some film festivals and stuff and then all of a sudden we realized there was a whole group out there that felt the same way and 
we just started making movies after that. What kind of movies were coming out at the time that you thought were just taking themselves too serious? Like around what time? Um, was I'm, yeah, this is like around 2009, 2010. So I don't even like really remember right offhand. It was, it was kind of like that. There was like that glut of like really, really bad, like PG 13 horror remakes that were coming out. Um, I right. know it was like not too far along, like around the like prom night, when a stranger calls, like it was just like, they were just so bland and just so boring and just so by the numbers and they just weren't fun at all. Um, but it was just, yeah, I just want to make a fun slasher again. No, that's cool, man. Like that's around the time. Like in my opinion, I think like scream saved horror. And then like mm -hmm. about 10, 11 years later, it died again. <laughs> So it's like, right now i totally agree <laughs> so so um how so you helped your buddy make this movie right and then did you guys like mm -hmm. were you called slasher studios from the get-go or did that come later um yeah we actually started with slasher studios right away uh just because we wanted to form our own um llc's our own independent film company and then so we started a website just to kind of drum up some publicity and we did kind of like horror reviews and just kind of updates on our short film. And then, uh, yeah, it just kind of grew from there. It's a great name. And I can't believe that you guys got it first because it's such a badass, like take no shit name. It's like, do they make romantic comedies? No, you know exactly what they do. And I just, congratulations for getting it first because that's yeah. like something like every like damn why didn't we think of that you know <laughs> right no yeah thank uh yeah thank you for that um yeah i i could not believe like i was just like well i'm like i'll throw the name out there i'm like if we get like a ding saying that hey like this is already copyrighted um i guess we'll go change it and then so we just we we registered our company and we found out hey we were the only ones that had that name it was it, it was i could not believe it it was insane yeah, oh, like wow. I, I've been in several like metal bands and like the hardest thing is coming up with a name, getting four other mm -hmm. dudes to agree on it. And then when you finally do, you're like, shit, it's already taken. <laughs> right. No, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, where do you guys like film your movies? You're from Wisconsin. You said your buddy, was he from Arizona or is that just where he was going to school? Um, that's just where he was going to school. So we kind of shot. So we shot our first uh, short film, Teddy. We shot that in Arizona. <laughs> Um, and then the other ones we've, we've all filmed like around the state. Um, they've all been, they've all been Wisconsin productions besides that one. Uh, we've kind of filmed all over the state, just kind of wherever um, happens to be like the best shooting location or just where we can get the most cast and crew. But they've, they've tended to be, you know, some, somewhere in Wisconsin. That's cool. So do you guys like go scout out like after the fact, like after you wrote a script, like, because if you got a cabin in mind, like in Dismembering Christmas, do you like, well, shit, do we even have access to a cabin first or like, how does, how does that work out? Um, no, actually, because, uh, when I, when I'm writing this stuff, I mean, I don't even know what our final budget's going to be. I don't know what we're going to have for our cast and crew. So everything's just kind of spur of the moment, I guess, um, just kind of taking it, taking it as it is and seeing where it'll go from there. Um, a lot of the, the shooting locations have just been, um, rentals that we've rented for a couple of weeks, um, just with, you know, other people, uh, not telling them that it's a horror movie necessarily, but still telling right. them that we're, we're shooting a movie there. Um, but yeah, so it's just been kind of, you know, Hey, like what, 
what would be like the best location that we can have for the budget that we that we've got and just kind of take it from there do you guys do you guys have more movies than just those three the irrational fear dismembering christmas and don't go to the uh, reunion um those are only three uh features um on the don't go to the reunion uh dvd and blu-ray we have our three short films which are um teddy popularity killer and blood brothers uh, but yeah so those are like our six movies three features and three uh, three short films okay what uh what order did they come out in like the three um, features uh the three features it was don't go to the reunion then dismembering christmas and then irrational fear was our latest okay cool what's out of the three do you have a favorite one um, I can't look at them objectively. Um, there's just, there, there's, there's so much about that, all of them that I really appreciate and really like. Um, but there's, there's also like, you know, just with, you know, working with, with a low budget and working with what you have, um, like there, there's a lot of compromises, but there's, a, there's stuff about all of them that I really appreciate. And there, there's stuff that I wish I would have done differently, but everything's kind of, you know, a live and learn experience. But for the most part, like I, I I'm happy with, I mean, I'm happy that we were able to make three films um, more than anything. So uh, I, I'm really satisfied with all of them. I don't know necessarily that I have a favorite, but um, I, I would, I would say that there's, there's stuff all of them that I like. Right. No, I get it. They're kind of like one of your kids, you know, like you, know, exactly. you, did, you did help create them, you know? So it's like, you can't, if, if they're yeah. all drowning in a, in a lake, it's like, Oh shit. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess we're all going down together. So you don't, right. you don't have one that you don't have one that you, uh, when, when the, when it comes into the conversation, like, Oh, I actually write horror movies. There's not that one where you're like, well, check this one out or, um, I mean, I would say that if there's, you know, if people, I, I try to kind of gauge the kind of movies that people like, if they're really into eighties horror, then I'll recommend like, don't go to the reunion. Um, if they are like more of like the kind of, um, you know, the, the, the holiday horror slashers, then obviously dismembering Christmas, or if they want something a little bit more like psychological as opposed to just straight up slashers then i usually go with irrational fear so i try to kind of gauge the the kind of horror movies that people like just because i mean even though even a horror i mean as you guys know it's it's such a diverse genre and you know there's some horror fans out there that don't like slashers at all and there's you know there's it's kind of it's kind of pick and choose so it's just kind of seeing what they like right that's a really great answer man that's awesome you make my job really easy (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, why, why? How come all three of those movies have so many different covers? Like, I'm not complaining at all. I think it's fucking amazing, and they all look super cool. Um, but why so many? Because like, this is like the first time that I've ever really seen that. Where it's like, holy shit! There's like nine different covers for this movie on the internet. Yeah, the the posters are oh. definitely amazing. Like yeah, the artwork. Right? Who, did did Austin do all of the artwork on it? Or was that um, just? He didn't... Uh, yeah, he he did most of the art. He did most of the like the okay. final art. Um, but yeah, for for all three of them, we just held. Um, we just went on Facebook and we're like, okay, well, you know, there are a lot of artists out there that want to get their work out there. So we just held contests where people could make their own posters that we just had our fans vote on them. So oh, I mean, wow. hey, we were like, okay, like the one that gets the most votes, that'll be the Blu-ray cover, and the one that gets the second amount of votes will be the DVD. cover cover and then we had like a limited edition vhs cover and then we also use the other posters as just kind of you know miscellaneous pr- promotion just to kind of keep the movie fresh and then also get the word out there for other artists as well 
that's yeah, a genius idea, man. Yeah, to have different people make them and then vote. That's awesome. I'm gonna have yeah, to keep that one in the campaign. <laughs> I think it was uh, yeah. the the dismembering Christmas poster. One of the posters I saw online with the black red. I fell in love mm-hmm. with that one. I was like, man, I like that one. I think I even added it. It's on the ad for you uh, on all the okay, social yeah. media. Was, mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that one. So, so did, did Austin do – Did Austin? I'm sorry, Darren. Did no, Austin no, do Audie, you too? go ahead, man. Was Was he like your go-to oh. guy or was it just for the one for uh, Don't Go to the Reunion? Um, no, he, well, he created – yeah, he created the final art for Don't Go to the Reunion, and he submitted stuff ever since then. Um, and yeah, he's just been kind of our, yeah, he also did, um, like for our, our opening, uh, title credit sequence, uh, for a rational fear where there's like, um, there's ink blots. Um, he created that, um, our title sequence for that movie as well. So yeah, he's been, he's been a huge part of kind of getting the word out there and then also kind of just adding like a, a a fresh face with like a a new design that's also retro as well. I'm a big fan of indie art, uh, independent art, I guess you could say, um, posters. I have several mm-hmm. from different, my several buddies that done their own independent uh, type of films. And the posters alone to me, I'm just like, I'm drawn to, you know, I, I you make a good art poster on an indie cover. I'm going to watch it just because of the art poster. Mm-hmm. I just have a big no, thing feel- for them. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, kind of, you know, in our generation of kind of like the the whole like video store era, I mean, before the internet, you know, you, you didn't know anything about these movies at all. Everything was based on whatever cover art you saw at the video store. So I really kind of wanted to go back to kind of that, um, you know, because there's there's been tons of movies that I rented as a kid that, that were just awful but they they had like the best cover art ever and it was kind of like those movies that sold me and i really kind of wanted wanted to bring that back because i just i love a good like you know give me like a really good cover art and like a really good tagline for a horror movie i'm i'm instantly sold right dude that's exactly what i was gonna say like taglines are especially like where it's at like when they got some corny fun I'm a I'm a pun <laughs> sucker, dude. I, I'm a sucker for puns. Um, like yeah, I feel the exact same way. Yeah, man, that was the thing. Like Friday night sleepover, whatever. Dad's ordering pizzas, and then you you always hit the horror section, man. And mm-hmm. covers that stuck out to me was like House with the hand ringing the doorbell. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And there's tons of movies still that I never even saw. Like uh, like I think the Uncle Sam one. Like he oh, wants yeah. you dead. Ter- Ter- I never watched yeah. it. Yeah, Terry Vision had an awesome one too. Oh yeah, there's tons of them that I've never even seen. But god damn it, I remember those covers. You know, there's tons of movies like that. Yeah, and I mean, just yeah, those covers were just amazing. Like I loved like like some of my favorites were um, like the original VHS covers for the Nightmare on Elm Street films, which are kind of like those painted drawings that were so good. And I was just like, and part of part of the fun of of looking at those when I was a kid was just kind of like like the movies that I, I wasn't able to see just kind of you know making in my mind my own horror movie of what I thought that movie was about right yeah I remember Jack Frost was one of them that stuck out to me <laughs> yeah. uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation awful movie but that cover creeped me <laughs> out a guy with pantyhose that's got leg hair sticking through it I'm like fuck this movie I'm not right? watching it 
And then now as an adult, I sit and watch them like, oh, I'm glad I never rented that motherfucker. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so bad. What, I what do you think hilarious. about that one? Do you like the next generation one with Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey? Um, I I think it completely fails as a horror movie. I think it works as a comedy. Um, I think it's 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 really weird because I just actually recently rewatched that one. Um, and I'm still not 100% sure what the tone of that movie is even supposed to be. Um, every single actor in that movie feels like they're in a different movie. Um, and it just, like, there's there's some of them that are playing it really over the top and others that are taking it very seriously. And then there's that whole final act where it's like this big conspiracy theory with the government. And I give them credit for trying to do something different um and it's it's one of the more interesting later sequels but yeah i would never ever ever call it good (laughs) yeah it's like nobody knows what they were trying to do the actors didn't know what set they were on Mm -hmm. that movie itself doesn't know what movie it's trying to be it's just (laughs) all over the place for sure And Leatherface is the biggest bitch in that movie. (laughs) He's all he does is scream. I don't even think he kills anybody in that movie. It's all the Matthew McConaughey character. Right. No, yeah, it's really it's it's a really weird movie. Um, and I I I kind I kind of dig it just for how bizarre it is, but yeah, it's just it feels like it feels like they took like three or four scripts and just kind of threw them together. Um, and the pieces really don't fit well with each other. I think if they should have either gone for a note of being just really like over the top splatter comedy, or they should have just taken it seriously. They try to mix the two together and it doesn't work. Yeah. Or maybe just not even call it Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Call it something <laughs> right. else, man. Just call it Matthew <laughs> no. McConaughey's horror movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I have no idea. So, how were you involved with Sleepaway Camp 4? I was not. No? Because, no. so I was wondering if this was a joke, because on your Facebook profile, it says that you worked at Sleepaway Camp 4. And um, oh. I was... <laughs> the Survivor. Yeah. You know, you know what movie yeah. I'm talking about? Yep, where it's like the bits and pieces. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think somebody like, just tagged me in that randomly and i just never deleted it but no i had nothing oh. to do with that at all <laughs> okay because i was, dude i was googling the shit out of it i'm like what he was involved in that like that's awesome and yeah, yeah I, no, was, I, I, I couldn't find anything i'm like what do you do yeah that's cool yeah no, no i didn't i didn't do anything with that <laughs> the look on your face when i asked that question you're like what <laughs> that's hilarious dude so how involved are you with the Slasher Studios movies? Like, I know you write them, but from Brain Baby to Paper to Pitch to you're actually like, are you on set and be like, no, man, do it this way? Or is that the director's job? Like, how how deep are your hands in these movies? Um, I'm I'm right there right from right from the beginning. Um, I when I'm when I'm starting a script, like before I even put one word on the paper, I will have a complete schedule worked out that's being like, okay, I'm gonna have this script done by this point. This is when I'm gonna be starting our cast and crew. This is when we're gonna be shooting. This is when we're gonna have our you know pre-cut. This is when we're gonna have our final cut. Uh, I literally will have every single thing 
down to like almost the date before I even start like writing up anything at all. So I try to, you know, put it together as much as possible. Um, I would say I'm most involved. I am there for the entire shoot, but I'm most involved in the pre-production and the post-production. When I'm, when it's the production itself, I try to let it, you know, the directors, you know, take over. I, I'm there if they need any help or if they have any questions or if they, you know, if some kind of conflict comes up or if there's, you know, a problem with any kind of equipment or people aren't getting along, like I'll kind of step in with stuff like that. But for the most part, um, I will have worked with the director throughout pre-production. So we'll pretty much be on the same page of what kind of vision that we want. Um, so I really trust him to kind of keep keep his word with that. And I've had a really good luck with that so far, knock on wood. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm just kind of there from, from beginning to end. Do you usually have about the same crew, like throughout all these three movies, or do things change? Uh, for the most part, um, we we do have some kind of, you know, you know, change over here and there. But for the, for the most part, I would say that more than half of our crew has been the same through all three features. Uh, for the, for some of the technical roles, they've just been different just because some people move away or some people aren't available for another shoot or, you know, stuff comes up. But for the, for the most part, we try to really keep with the same kind of creative circle, uh, just with, with working with people that we know that are dependable and we'll, we'll work well with each other. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense, man. I would think it would be much smoother that way. And then you build a camaraderie and a teamwork and it's just, and mm -hmm. then I don't know, it just, it seems a lot. That's the way to do it. If you can do it, even, even your bigger guys do that shit, you know, they, they try oh, to yeah, for sure. light guy gaffer or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Adam, Adam Sandler does it big time. Yeah. He's one, he's one yeah. of them yep. that does it, you know, yeah, he's one of the, I think he has the most on his. Like, so, um, how much are your dialogue goes into the the movie it's like do you leave room for ad-libbing or uh for the most part well we'll do at least one take that's strictly by the script um and then we'll kind of go from there uh and then you know sometimes we'll have like one or two takes that you know we let the actors ad-lib um sometimes if, if it's like a big dialogue scene if stuff isn't flowing well um i'll you know as, as long as like the the general point has gotten across then you know we kind of you know leave it up leave it up in the air uh but for the for the most part i mean it's not you know strict you know hey it's got to be word for word for word um just because something something might read well but it might not sound the best um or it might not flow with one another character or i mean just kind of you know line delivery is another thing too where um it, it might sound good on the page but that particular actor just it, it doesn't fit them themselves, even though it might fit the character. Um, so, I mean, we kind of, we kind of leave it up in the air, but for the, for the most part, I would say, you know, probably, probably 75% of the script of dialogue that was in the, the final shooting script um, ended up in like each of the, each of the final films um, with just kind of like little ad libs here and there. But, but for for the most part, um, it's it's pretty it's pretty solid going in. We know we know what we want, and we know like what where we want to go with the each of the scenes. I say that a lot. That what looks good on paper doesn't necessarily look good on screen. Like when you take a book 
and you make a movie out of a book, everyone says the book's better. Well, first mm -hmm. of all, because you're the director when you're reading a book, you get to set what the hotel looks like and mm -hmm. what Jack Torrance looks like and what he's wearing and shit. You get to invent that in your own brain. And then when you see it on the screen, you're like, that's not what he looks like at all. Like, who are you to say, yeah. you know, yeah, you kind of set yeah, yourself exactly. up for failure. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. they do set themselves up for failure that way. And it pisses a lot of people off, but it's just, I don't know. You just, you got to adapt, I guess. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. I've never done it. So who, who am I to say? I have no clue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where you just, yeah, you never really know, or there, there'll be scenes and that's the thing too, is like watching movies with like your movie with an audience, which for the first time is absolutely terrifying. I mean, I was, I was one of the actors in Teddy, which happened to be our first, our first short and just seen on the big screen. I was just like, I was just cringing all the way through, but then there'll be, there'll be moments that you think will work really well that really, for whatever reason, don't, but then there'll be actually, we were really lucky with Teddy because with that one, um, there was, it got huge laughs that we never, ever, ever were expecting. Um, and that that's always a, a, a big bonus um, just because, I mean, none of the movies um, take themselves too seriously. So, I mean, if, if the audience is having a good time, like I'm all for it. Right. Um, again, to compare it to like me being in, in metal bands and things like that, some of my least favorite songs, the songs I hate that I wrote in a day, everybody else loves but then the ones that i pour my heart and soul out into that took me a year to write and perfect it's like gets no love and i'm like what the fuck yeah yeah, or there'll be, the yeah exactly or there'll be like there'll be some some of my favorite scenes that that i've that i've written for a movie that i was like oh i can't wait for this scene like and for whatever reason we either have to cut them before they're even shot just because we just don't have time um and they don't add enough to the final film to uh, to kind of dig out that time or they just they don't work in the final cut they either slow things down or they just don't flow well with the rest of the movie um so you just kind of you just kind of have to take it as it is yeah that's gotta suck when something like that happens you gotta <laughs> It's got to hurt your feelings a little bit, but you just got to kind of swallow your pride and move exactly. on. Mm -hmm. What's the uh, process like finding your actors? Do you guys make them try out or do you like, oh, I know Susie, she'll be good in this movie. Let's go give her a call. Like, how does that usually work? Um, I would say that it's probably probably a third of the roles are, are cast at this time we'll we'll write specifically for an actor um and we'll talk to them and say like hey like this is the role that we're writing is this something that you'd be interested in like we'll send you pages as like we're we're writing it um and then the other ones will go through either facebook or craigslist or just kind of various sites just mm -hmm. to find um up and coming actors um some of them uh with with a couple of the movies, they've they've flown in from California. Uh, other ones have been local actors. It's just kind of finding finding the the best um, the best actors for the parts, um, for especially for the for the main roles. I mean, we really want to kind of get the 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 best talent out there that we possibly can with the budget that we have. Um, but yeah, for like the the smaller roles, probably more um, more local, more like indie theater type people. But just kind of mixing mixing the the circles around with each other and and seeing what kind of combination works. Yep, I was going to I was going to ask with uh don't go to the reunion. You had a budget of $10,000. Mm -hmm. 
So if you're hiring, mm-hmm. if you're hiring actors, and you know in in the credits or the uh, the commentary, I'm sorry, you mentioned you've already spent the ten grand before you even film. So, like, mm-hmm. when you go to pay the actors, now this is a uh, me asking you, as in, how do you do it? Like, okay, so for an example, uh, Stephanie. She was probably your top tier, mm-hmm. one of the top tier actors, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So does she get like a thousand dollars and then like someone like Spence gets like five hundred dollars? Like, is that how it's broken down? Is it based off your experience? Or is it how much like, hey, hey, uh, I'll do this if you pay me this type thing? I always wonder. Um, yeah, it's yeah, if with us at least, it's not so much a specific dollar amount. It's okay. We're gonna pay for you know all of your expenses. We're gonna pay for like this. We're gonna um, and it's more of like the okay. Well, you know we're gonna print out you know let's say I think with like that run we had like a twenty five hundred DVDs. So um, one of like the biggest things with like Stephanie was like I'm like okay well you know I'll give you like a couple hundred dvds where you can go to conventions yourself and sell them so she has like a part of like the merchandising for it as opposed to paying it right up front um and then we're also saving money too because we're we're making uh we're we're getting more um more films printed out at once um so it's kind of one of those things just ends up helping out everyone in the long run gotcha so it's more or less like we're putting you on a platform to get you out there because like from indie films, from several other buddies that do them, they've they've like birthed uh, independent actors into like someone on the bigger uh, movie you know platforms just by doing an indie film. So is mm-hmm. that like if you was to hire me, okay, dude, here's a couple of Blu-rays, you can go to conventions, but also you're gonna be put on all these platforms that I've just paid. For all these, you know, I don't know how it works, promoters or distributors. Uh, and one of the selling points as a director, writer, hey, Audi, uh, you got all this. I'm putting you on a platform that's better than me just giving you a thousand bucks and saying, okay, thanks. Right. Is that how it kind of like you agree oh, yeah. with like the actors? You know what I mean? Because like Darren and I will do a movie for free. All right. <laughs> Right. We've already talked about this. Like, dude, if we ever get together, like, like I'll do it for free. Just give me a shirt and feed me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. No, Is that for sure. Like what you do with the actors that you hire? I mean, that's yeah. That's that, yeah, that's one of the things too. Is like, and that's um like another thing too that we've we've really worked out with like actors, especially ones that are are newer. Um, is you know, hey, we're like, okay, well, you know, we're not gonna be able to pay you anything up front, but at the same time, like you know, if they, you know, we'll, we'll work with them and help them like make reels. So we'll be like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, these are your best scenes from the movies. Like we'll cut them together. We'll make something for you that you can use on your next project. Be like, Hey, like, this is the stuff that I've done. Like, this is my range. Right, like a good, like I a good do. resume, like a nice exactly. resume. Okay. I get it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always wondered that. I was like, my buddy, uh, Kevin, he's like, I'm going to make you a dead body in my next movie. And I'm like, let's go for it. You know, it was like, right. Kevin, you probably know board. what you're talking about. High on the hog. Are you familiar with that, Kevin? The movie high um, on the hog. 
No, I've been to actually Days not. of the Dead and shit. Oh no, because oh, they usually yeah. have a table at Days of the Dead, and Sid Haig was in it, and it's oh, really cool. Okay, but yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no, I know which one you're talking about. As soon as you mentioned Sid, yeah, Sid, yeah, yeah. I, I know which, exactly which one you're talking about now. Yeah, Kevin's a really good friend of mine. He, he he's eventually going to be on the show, but uh, you know, him and I talk about indie films and and uh stuff like that you know and i, and I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you because it basically seems like about the same across the board uh as far as actors go you know promotion resumes i mean it's I, i've always wanted to ask that because it was like one of those things you know like all right kevin give me give me 10 grand i'll come on you, you know what i mean like it doesn't really right. work that way <laughs> you know like mm-hmm. eh, it cost me 10 grand to do this yeah i mean here. Yeah, the only time that really works when it comes to like indie horror filmmaking is when you kind of want to bring in like a legacy actor that happened to be in like something that was, you know, really popular in the 80s and you want to kind of use their name and be like, hey, like, you know, mm-hmm. we'll pay you a, a couple thousand dollars and, you know, you'll work like one day, right. but, you know, your name's going to be on everything because you're going to bring in an entire, you know, group that grew up on whatever movie that you happen to be in. So, I mean, that's really as as far as I've seen, that's really kind of been the only time that that works, like where it's been like a direct payout. Um, but you know, it all it also all depends on you know what kind of what kind of budget you're working with as well. Right. Like, what are you going for? I guess so. So as an mm-hmm. as an independent uh, filmmaker, like, what is your end goal? Is to just produce what you and love what you love and enjoy and do, or is are you seeking something? eventually something i don't know how it works i'm going to use this for example paramount sony someone's going to pick you up Mm -hmm. are you is that the end goal for an independent filmmaker is like i made it you know is it is that right or is it just striving to make movies for fun and and just just make movies you know like what's yeah, the I mean, goal? that's a good question. And and I think that that really kind of depends on, you know, that's going to be a, a different answer for everyone. I think that anyone who goes in expecting that that's going to happen, uh, they're in for a rude that awakening. To say the least. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's hard. It's I mean, just from beginning to end, just to get a movie made, you have to it's. There, there's there's a there's a million things along the way that can derail it whether it's you know problems with actors budget you know location shooting equipment there, there's just so much that can go wrong that just having a, a film that works that flows that is something like what you wanted to create is almost you know a reward in and of itself um just from beginning to end though i just you know each each movie that I've worked on, I, I want each one to be, I want, I want them to be their own thing, which I, without trying to repeat myself and with all my movies, like I want it to be uh, something that's, that's an easy sell that I can be like, okay, well, you know, this is going to be our, our log line. Like I can sell it in a paragraph, exactly what it is. Um, and then just kind of go from there. Um, but for the, for the most part, I just, you know, I want to make movies that stuff that I would watch myself. And if other people happen to like that and other people are, are, are digging what I'm doing, that's just kind of a bonus. But I think that as a filmmaker, um, you got to do it for yourself first. Um, because, you know, as, as soon as you try to predict what audiences are going to like, by the time that movie comes out, that might not be what's popular anymore. So that doesn't, that's not a good way to, 
to, to, to make movies. Yeah. You're a hundred percent right on that, man. I totally agree. Being, uh, just, you can't predict what's, what's going to be the next hot mm -hmm. thing, you know, like that shit changes the evolution. Like our parents watch creature features where you could see the zipper on the back of the costume, you know? Right. And, and then, you know, and then you had the slasher thing and then it's like, now you have like the whole woke thing. And it's like people that are younger than us are like, Oh, this woke shit pisses me off. It's like, well, the guy chasing around babysitters pissed our parents off. It's just like rock and roll. You know what I mean? Yeah, Elvis, exactly. Elvis, Elvis was too much for our parents because he shook his hips. And now, I mean, mm -hmm. you can only imagine what our parents think of music today. You know, Jesus uh. Christ. Marilyn Manson is way worse than fucking Elvis Presley, dude. So. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> so what's your next move, man? Do you, get, or do you guys got plans for another movie to come out? Or do you just kind of laying back in the cut? Or what's up? Um taking things pretty easy right now um i have some ideas of what i might possibly want to work on for our next film um but yeah i mean just i mean just in the last you know obviously the last couple of years i mean a, a lot has changed uh and it's just um it's it's kind of scary jumping jumping back out there but I, I definitely want to, I was actually talking to um, my buddy Hunter who directed our last movie, Irrational Fear. And um, he was living in, out in LA and he's actually originally from Wisconsin. Uh, and he was talking about, ah, you know, we should make another movie. And um, that guy is just, he's, he's nuts. Like he makes like four or five movies a year and he's also an actor and he, you know, I, I don't know how he does it. Like, I just, I just get exhausted. Um, just, just hearing about everything that he's working on, but, um, Hey, like more power to him. I think that's amazing. Um, but just kind of, it's, it's been a couple of years since we, we made a rational fear. So when I, when I jump into the next one, which I, I want to, I really want to start working on a script sometime this year and hopefully start, start filming next year. But I, I want it to be something, something smart and memorable and just fun again and um it's it's something that i don't want to say okay well i'm just going to write a script just because i haven't done it in a while because <laughs> i don't think that's something that's going to be satisfying in the end i was going to ask that because earlier you said that you got everything planned out dates everything from the moment mm -hmm. you know the pen hits the paper but you never write for fun yep. you, you never you never do anything like um, that I I mean, I'll write like I'll write stuff for other people or I'll I'll write like just like short stories and stuff like that. But um, when it when it comes to actual like um, screenplays, I mean, every, every you know, I've I've written six screenplays and those were all, you know, either shorts or, or features. Um, it's just one of those things where um, I think that's writing, especially screenplays is great. You know, everything everything's about, you know, just getting, getting practice and just, you know, the, the, the more you write, the more experience you're going to have. But at the same time, I've seen people fall into this kind of bottomless pit. That's be like, Hey, like I have 15 screenplays and none of them are done. And I don't know where I want to go with them. And it's just like, okay, well, I want to really kind of live that out before I jump into something else, because you know, when you have all of these ideas cooking, but you don't know where you want to go with them at the end of the day, that's not going to get you anywhere. Maybe your next one could be an anthology, man. Since you say you got hey. these short stories that you write. Yeah. Maybe you could I mean, take hey, five I, or six of them together and make an anthology film. That sounds like it'd be fun. 
Yeah, I love anthologies. I love. I mean, yeah. even even when they're when they're bad, like hey, like you know, the next one's coming up another 10, 15 minutes. So you know, yeah, you exactly, survive, dude. Like, the bad ones, like <laughs> I like when they get like ten different stories and they're all done by ten different directors. Like that shit's yeah. wild. Chiller, Chiller no, Thriller was a really good one. Chiller Thriller, mm-hmm. Chiller Thriller, love well, Tarant- it. Tarantino did it with four rooms. There's like four stories going on. Four mm-hmm. directors did it. I think Adam um, Green was Chiller Thriller, and can't remember the other guy. Isn't yeah. VHS like that? There's like, yep, yeah. And then like, there's one called like ABCs of Death. There's like 26 mm-hmm. freaking short. Oh stories yeah, where and... each one's based on a letter of the alphabet. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that shit is yeah. absurd. <laughs> the VHS one, it was. I watched it. Like it takes a lot to scare me, and I'm big in horror and stuff. But there mm-hmm. was one of those little uh, shorts on there. It literally gave me like chills. It was the VHS. I can't remember. They were in a hotel, and this the female was oh, like a yeah. succubus or something. I was yeah, literally like, eyes. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh <laughs> man. Like if a movie can do this. Then, mm-hmm. then it's got something, you know. It was a short, but, uh, but yeah, that, that I like. I like the shorts. That'd be great for you to do something like that. That would be, that'd be the way to go. If I was, if yeah. I was into it, you know, I would just do shorts. I, as like features, mm-hmm. it's too much involved. I'll make five shorts. Darren will make his five shorts, and we'll make yeah. them all play in together, and we'll have a hit. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah no, I think I'm thinking in my head. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, I think that's like I think that's definitely a, a way to go. I mean, you know, they don't even really have to be connected at all. I mean, you can yeah. you can have a wraparound story or, or not. They don't have to like, make it sense. Really matter? Yeah, exactly. Like you can do whatever you want, but you know, well, just... they kind of gotta make sense. Well, like, come yeah. on, man. <laughs> I've seen some. I've seen some like Texas Chainsaw Massacre: Next Generation probably should have been a short film. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. That's a real right. good point. <laughs> um, have you ever seen Treevenge, Kevin? Yes, I have. <laughs> like, do you like that ridiculous shit like that sometimes? Or like, there's one about a fucking tire that just like rolls through oh, the desert, yeah, running people over. Yeah. <laughs> um, in moderation. Um, it's those right. are stuff that that I can appreciate. It's- especially and also like that like new wave that came out maybe a while ago where um there was kind of like this resurgence or kind of just this this rebirth of just kind of celebrating horror movies just because they were bad um which i thought was really Dude. interesting <laughs> yeah that that's uh, going back to the chiller thriller one of the shorts was wadzilla mhm <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I didn't, I didn't mean movie, to. Darren. I'm going to make you watch that movie when I yeah, come Yeah, maybe, see. maybe. No, I didn't mean will. to interrupt yeah, I, you, Kevin, but yeah, oh, when you were no, talking about sure. um, uh, people who like celebrate bad movies, like sometimes that shit irritates me because it's like they don't like the big, I don't like, there's big blockbusters that suck too, but like, just like it, for example, huge budget, fucking mm-hmm. love that movie, dude. But mm-hmm. then there's people who shit all over it and would rather watch fucking Microwave Massacre Part 11 teen, you know, like. Uh. <laughs> right no i think that there's definitely there there's there's good stuff you know there's there's just as much bad low budget stuff as there is bad 
big budget stuff. Um, and, you know, you just kind of, you never know, especially like with movies that are coming out. There'll be movies that I think that I'll absolutely love that I'll just be like, what was that? Um, but yeah, I really like it as well. I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, it was, I, I remember when it came out, like, um, like I, I wrote like a little review for it that pretty much said like, like I, I never knew I wanted like a, a Nightmare on Elm Street tale, like involving preteens like and that's exactly how i felt about it and i thought it was so much fun and i thought it was it was really good and it was really clever and just very well acted um and yeah there's like, there's like this group of people that's just like hey like i'm not gonna like something just because um it's popular or just because it's part of yeah. you know this particular series which i thought that the 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 new screen movie um kind of you know talked a little bit about toxic fandom and like really kind of um touched on that point pr pretty well what is your opinion like i think audi here i don't know how much he likes or dislikes screams i think he just does it to bust my balls because it is my <laughs> ultimate favorite fucking horror movie of all time and mm -hmm. um so i think i don't know audi what do you I, kevin i want to ask you both like what's the thing with scream like is it your favorite least favorite audi have you just been busting my balls for the last six years that i know you like what's going on over here? <laughs> the 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 first scream movie, six out of ten. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kevin. Do you? I hate when right, people Kevin, that do next. the number out of ten thing. Like I hate that shit. I, that's why I did it because I it pisses yeah, him off. You know, but I Kevin, fucking you're hate next. That shit. What's your number, Kevin? Um, <laughs> for for scream. Um, yeah. that's like, I don't think it's perfect, but I, th I would give it like a nine and a half out of 10. I think it's oh, great. Like, I think it's, my man. <laughs> I, I think it's really fun. I think it's really clever. I think it was, it's a good, I think, I think it's a good, it's a good time capsule of that period. Um, I actually, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really in the minority here and I completely understand this, but I actually like Scream 2 a little bit better than the original, uh, just because I think it's more suspenseful. Um, I like the college setting. Um, I just think it's, I think that they're, they kind of work out the kinks. And I also feel that the Scream 2 feels a little less dated than the original film. Oh, wow. Um, you think the first one's I mean, dated, huh? Um, just with the technology, I, I, I think Scream 2 out of all of them um, uses technology the least, um, which that might be what some people don't like it or part of the reason that some people don't like it. But because of that, I, I feel like it feels less dated. Like it doesn't have so many okay. topical references of that period. I'm just pissed. They killed Randy. Like how the fuck right. that? It's like, he was one of my favorite characters, man. Um, a lot of people shit on the fourth one, but I love the fourth one. I like mm -hmm. one, four, five, two, and three. Then like that in my order, I would say that those are probably my <laughs> favorites, but yeah, um, I mean, honestly, like, Scream is one of, like, the few horror series out there where there's something about all of them that I can appreciate. I mean, even um, 3, which isn't very good, um, has its moments that are fun. Um, I think it, I don't think it really works as, like, a, a Scream-type film, but kind of taken as, like, a, a radar um scooby-doo slasher i think it, it works pretty well <laughs> dude that's an excellent way to put it that's fucking you nailed it dude thank yeah. you for that i'm gonna start using that dude. i was i watched uh i watched don't go to the reunion 
couple hours ago. Um, Darren sent me a copy of it. And I even told him after I watched it, I was like, this kind of got a scream vibe to it mm-hmm. with the, the whole high school trickster, uh, the whole revenge, you know, I think it, who, who was it? Um, well, a uh, scream ah, even comes up in the dialogue yeah. at, uh, towards the end of the movie, <laughs> yeah. don't they? Spence, Spence mm-hmm. like takes a whole year with this chick and the spoiler, spoiler alert takes a whole <laughs> year and like, gotcha, bitch. You know, I wasn't expecting Spence <laughs> to do that. That was the turn. I was like, this is what mm-hmm. this movie needed. Because I was expecting the geek didn't really kill himself. He was the actual killer. So kudos to you on throwing me off. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Thank and, you. and, you know, and what I like about indie films such as Don't uh, Don't Go to the Reunion is the homage. Like we did uh, a thing with, um, who was it, Peter? Well, he did his Rosebud, uh, Friday the 13th Rosebud. The fan and the film. homages. Yeah, the fan film, like the homage that he did to everything. Like, I missed so many until he told us. But uh, with yours, you know, I, I caught on to a few of them. Uh, and then obviously I went in and did the commentary and I watched some of the stuff. And I was like, yeah, Hamilton High. I was like, oh, crap. How did I freaking, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I was like, oh, dude, like that was so great. And then the editing portions was the Friday the 13th. As you can tell, I kind of gave you your Friday the 13th background on this here podcast background here. Um, no, that's little awesome. stuff like that. Yeah, little stuff like that uh, is why I like the indie films. Um, because mm-hmm. you pay homage to the ones that you love and endure. And and the one of the character, and I'll, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox, is uh, Nick Summer. I knew a guy in high school like that. And when I was watching this movie, I, I like you said, watch Blood Junkie, one of his other films. I hope he redeems mm-hmm. himself because as of right now, <laughs> I don't like the guy just from your movie. I was like, God, I was so glad he got his head like cut off. I was like, thank God that guy's dead. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. but I know I know people like that in high school. And I was like, yes, yes. Um, so kudos to you on that, too. I was like, thank you for killing off the asshole and, and the other jock. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was really hoping to see the the iron like go straight through him out through his mouth when he was in the <laughs> one of the sex scenes. I was like, God, if he had only showed that, <laughs> right? So that was that was my two cents to that. I couple scenes, I was like, man, uh, <laughs> Nick Summer. I think he who was it, Christopher. I think you played the Christopher character. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna watch Blood Junkie just for the simple fact that I'll end up liking him again. But as of right now, uh. I don't like the kids in that movie. <laughs> no, that that's that's great. Like, I mean, that's I mean, every every kind of horror movie has has a character like that, and that's also oh, yeah. kind of a fine line too. Is that you you want to if you're going to create an unlikable character, you want them to be memorably unlikable and hopefully give them a, a good mm-hmm. death because. Um, sometimes just characters are just grating or it's just like okay well i want them to die but they're not they're not at all interesting and they're awful this um so right that's that that can be a problem too yeah well you you definitely hit when you wrote it and you definitely he to me erica uh very beautiful but nick stood out i was just like you know this is this is a nick movie because uh, i was like Darren knows I get on people and it's like, oh, I can't stand this guy. You know, it'll be a movie. And I'm like still pissed about it. But 
Yeah, he definitely <laughs> he definitely pissed me off that movie. And I thank you, Kevin, for doing that because a lot hey, of people, hey, you know, that's, they, that's... that's what it's about. You got to build the characters, and, and especially mm-hmm. like indie films, that's where you that's where the 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 bread and butter is. You you got to sell it as characters you know you can't that's how you get emotionally invested into the movie because you got to have that one asshole you want to see die or you want you want the pretty girl Mm -hmm. you want the pretty girl to be the final girl or whatever and Mm -hmm. if you don't have character development then why am i even watching this thing you know so kind of like terrifier terrifier that's that that's a good movie on that Quentin Tarantino is really good at uh, character development through his building character through his dialogue. Like you could realize if this guy's a fucking asshole or a smart ass or whatever. Audie, Mm -hmm. will you do me a favor and uh, bring up Ben's comment? Because he's got a good question. I'd Audie fucking hates the movie Terrifier. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Oh no, without without going into detail and shooting ourselves in the fucking foot. Audie and the main actor of that movie do not get along, and that's all we're going to say about that. No, I was literally speaking on the movie itself. There was no character development in that movie. Zero. Yeah, I know. But the kills were cool, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. Ah, whatever. <laughs> Have you yeah. seen that movie, though, no. Kevin? Have you seen Terrifier? Yeah, I kind of felt the same way. I mean... Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, I don't know if we should even get into it or not. It's not like he's ever going to come on the podcast, right, Audie? I'm I, I'm open. <laughs> right, me too. He's just I don't Game know. On. We'll we'll just let's just shut the fuck up about that. Yeah, I'm going to shut the uh, fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so our our uh, our one one of our executive producers here, Ben. He's he said, "Did Scream and I know what you did last summer come out the same year?" I feel they were competing with each other. Um. I know what you did last summer was basically like a like a birth thing after the fact, right? Like a, Scream came out first, and then that's when fucking all these movies, like I know what you did last summer, Urban Legends, Valentine, a lot of these other movies were coming out, these slashers, right? Is that kind of true? Like, I think, yeah, I think Scream gave a breath of fresh air into horror and brought it back because before Scream came out. Nobody wanted to make a horror movie because that's where your career went to die. You know, mm-hmm. does any of that make sense? Do you agree? Disagree? Oh, I completely agree. 100%. Um, yeah. Scream came out December of 96. Um, and then uh, I know she last summer came out October of 97. Um, and right kind of in the, in the middle of that period, um, they were both written by Kevin Williamson. Um, but yeah, that was kind of, um, yeah. Scream, Scream was just an interesting movie in and of itself and the fact that it's it's something that i don't think could happen today um i actually i saw it twice at the theater and i saw it opening weekend and it was we went to see it that saturday night and um i i had my mom buy us tickets for it and there was maybe 10 people in the theater um and then we went to see it. i wanted i wanted to see it again with a, a group of my friends about maybe a month later and the theater was like three quarters of the way full um that would never ever happen today they never Ever let movies kind of build with word of mouth. Um, they're they're not going to hold a movie in the theater for for a month if it's just not selling well, just to see if it might sell well in the future. Um, so I mean, that kind of just changed everything. Um, there's there's stuff that Scream changed for the horror um, genre that, even though I really like Scream, um, I don't particularly like aspects of how it um, influenced the genre, um, but. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy that it kind of gave a, a rebirth to to the, the subgenre of slashers. 
it was genius of them to release it during Christmas break because that's mm-hmm. why it got mm-hmm. so big because word of mouth, like you said, there's kids that are on vacation or whatever Christmas break and they go see the movie. What the hell else are you going to do? It's Christmas break. You're not going to the Bahamas and shit for summer vacation. You got a week off of school. You go to the movies with your buddies. And then by the time Christmas break is over, everyone's coming back to school talking about scream. And then it just mm-hmm. fucking exploded after that, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, that movie kind of, um, you know, that was, that was the, the first of its type for, um, you know, before you know the internet or anything like that where you know everything wasn't spoiled the day of yeah uh, you know people were shocked in the fact that like oh my god like like the biggest actor in this movie is the gets killed 10 minutes in i mean that that was insane like i mean it's it's really like that that's something that you couldn't even really describe what that feeling was like to teens today um just because everything is so immediate i mean if you know if they were even to going to try to do something like that today i mean by the time they had like the thursday night previews like that night that'd be all over twitter um it, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter um but for for its time like there were so many surprises and and it just kind of took the i mean just that and like the fact that there was more than one killer like just threw me by surprise and it was just it was it was just very interesting i i understand why people don't like it because there there is kind of a, a tone to it that really rubs people the wrong way. Um, I know that some people find it really kind of snarky and condescending towards the genre. I don't feel that way. I understand how somebody could though. Um, but I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I love that series. Um, even, even like the, like the lesser ones, I still, I still have a, a mostly good time with them. And I, I'm happy in the fact that 25 years later, like they're still making them. Um, right. You know, that's just, cool. I mean, it's crazy. In my opinion, they can keep cranking them out. And I think it's awesome that you and your mom had went and seen everyone the last <laughs> 25 years opening weekend. Yep. Like that's so how fucking cool is that, man? Cause we all know our parents aren't going to be here forever. And mm-hmm. that's just like, that's probably one of the thousands of things that you've, that you have with your mom. And like, I, I, I fucking appreciate the shit out of that. I think no. that's really cool. Oh no, I love that. I mean, like, like slashers like completely came from my mom because they're still to this date my mom's seven oh. and she's slashers are still her absolute favorite i mean to the point where if i if we're watching like horror movies like if i give her like a like okay these are new horror movies that i got and she's like looking through them she'd be like okay well like like what which, which one has the most blood? Like, which one are, has the most people dying? Like, and those are the ones that she wants to watch first. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. <laughs> no, how do you really feel cool about I, uh me, me me go ahead, man? I'm sorry, dude. Go ahead and finish, Kevin. Oh, yeah. I was just gonna say, yeah, like that's something that's you know to this day, like that, those are kind of movies that that I've just kind of always been been genre drawn to because of my family, but yeah, still watching to this day. What one thing I like to ask our guests is uh because Audie loves Halloween three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I absolutely, fu- I've never even finished it. I just, I can't get through it. So I, my question is, well, Audie, why don't you ask? I was just going to say, what, what's your no, opinion no, on ahead. Halloween? I, I, I want to hear this. <laughs> like, what's your opinion on Halloween three? Do you like it? Do you wish it never existed? Like, what's the story here? Cause I, that's my thing. He busts my balls on scream and Blair witch project. I bust his balls on the shining and Halloween three. Don't tell Audie, but I actually kind of do like The Shining, but I'll never tell him that. 
<laughs> but uh, ha- Halloween three is just a-, a turd covered in burnt hair, in my opinion. <laughs> so what do you think of Halloween three? Um, well, to kind of answer that, like that's the shirt that I'm wearing right now. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think he likes it, Audie. I think uh, I think uh, Audie's I taking applications it. for a new co-host, and I think Kevin just <laughs> got bumped up on the list. I didn't catch it either because where where I'm looking, I like, did not notice that. I thought I, I did not even notice it. Yeah, now I do. Yeah, Shamrock. So there you go, Darren. You can just open your <laughs> yes, yeah, over Shamrock. Hey, it's got all the mass on it. Don't don't worry. He doesn't know what that is. <laughs> um, so okay. So here's here's the thing about Halloween three. It doesn't make it. The, there, there's a million plot holes with it. It doesn't make any sense. Like I've watched it a billion times. I still don't even understand what the what the main guy's motive is. Like okay, if even if everything were to get be successful with this like evil plan, like I don't understand. Like okay, well, so what? Like where's he? Where's he gonna go with this? It doesn't make any sense. And I think it would have been better if it would have been if they would have released it as uh, Halloween too. So if they were going to do the anthology thing of hey, like each movie, each year we're going to do a horror movie based on the you know on the Halloween holiday, like it would have made more sense as a part two. Or they should have just released it as um, as just Season of the Witch. Um, right. Either way, I I think it's really fun, um, and the fact that I mean I won't give it away just in case you you ever do see it all um but i i love the ending i love how i just love how bleak it is without giving like i said not giving too much away but um no there, i know exactly it. what happens and bleak okay. is a great bleak is a great word to use it, it really is and audie and i have had this conversation a hundred times about how horror movies don't they shouldn't have a happy ending they don't no. need happy mm-hmm. endings they don't need comic relief that kind of irritates me a little bit. Every once in a while, fine, but you're not Marvel. Don't throw in a fucking joke every 15 minutes, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely bleak. That is a great word to use for Halloween through. That ending is just like, what? That's it? What the fuck? Like, how could you do this to me? So no, I get it. And I just I don't know. I, I if, if it was called Season of the Witch. I'd probably watch it and and love it for what it is, and I, and I get it, man. It was supposed to be a fucking anthology thing, or every year a new you know story that takes place on Halloween the night. But it's just uh, I don't know. It just shits on it for me because Michael Myers isn't in it, and I get it. I fucking get it, guys. Hold, hold all jokes to the end, please. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> no, that, I I agree with you, and I think most people that do enjoy Halloween three will say. It should have never been part of the Halloween series. And me, not liking Halloween at all, I just totally agree. I think Halloween 3 should have been Season of the Witch. And, right, but like, uh, oh, go ahead. There was what made the movie, I'll touch the points, the motive of the of the killer. There was no, like, he's going to kill all the kids. What else is next? Mm-hmm. I right. loved it. I loved it that no one knew that. I love the mm-hmm. the the bad ending. I think The Shining should have uh, ended work like they should have been no happy ending of The Shining. But I mean, I don't I don't write this stuff. But uh, the bleak endings. Uh, I love horror mm-hmm. movies that end in the most shittiest way. Uh, and and Halloween three definitely was like. You know. Well, if, if if they all ended in shitty ways, we wouldn't have Final Girls. Oh. And, you know. <laughs> And Final Girl is a cool formula. I I enjoy the Final Girl formula. But like Kevin said earlier, too, is that 
you can't predict what's going to happen. And I think that's where they shot themselves in the foot because they're like, oh, next year we're going to do one about these fucking masks that kill kids. And then the year after that, we'll do something else on trick or treat night. And everyone's like, where the fuck is the guy in the William Shatner mask killing babysitters? <laughs> this is bullshit. So then they're like, fuck, I guess we're going to have to do a return of Michael Myers, you know, like so that you can't predict what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. yeah and I, I get it. Mm-hmm. You can't have them all bad endings, you know. Uh, oh, I, I know. I know. And and that's what sets Halloween three apart from itself is is the 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 wonderful magic that movie just holds. You know, you you know, people don't like it because it's not Michael Myers and and that's and that sucks. You know, a lot of people like yourself, Darren, doesn't like it because there's no Myers. Right. And mm-hmm. and you gotta separate yourself when you watch that movie. You know, you gotta like Myers is not gonna be in and I don't care for Michael Myers. I like Halloween three, so that's why I enjoyed it. But mm-hmm. uh bleak endings are always um the way to go. And I'll go I'll touch back on um uh, don't go to the reunion. I thought she was going to get, that was it. I was like, she's done. <laughs> you know, the knife goes in. I was like, yes, no happy <laughs> ending, you know? And then, uh, the whole poker, like right through him. I was like, ah, okay. Well, <laughs> she lives, <laughs> you know, well, speaking of the Halloween franchise and your movies, I'd like to tie them together. We're about a little over an hour here. I got one question for you. I've been waiting on, um, mm-hmm. in dismembering Christmas, that whole mm-hmm. poker table scene where they're doing the shots, I think it was Jameson, maybe. Um, that mm-hmm. whole scene, like the music starts playing, and that camera work was fucking incredible, by the way. The way it swooped around, it was pretty smooth. And I know there wasn't uh railroad tracks on the ground like these big movies do, you know. That's a mm-hmm. guy walking around with a camera, right? Right. But it was this it was this one continuous shot where they're dancing, moving around, getting drunk, going up the stairs. Mm-hmm. The fucking camera guy goes back down the stairs. That was all one continuous shot, and it really reminded me of that opening scene in John Carpenter's Halloween in 1978. Was that done on purpose, or did that happen on accident? Um, th- I don't know. If so- it's really that's really hard to say because there's been so much there's been so much stuff that i've included in horror movies that i don't realize until afterwards that i'll be like oh yeah i did get that from that um so i don't think it's deliberately intentional but it might have just the seed might have been planted there a little bit um but yeah that was that was not just yeah exactly um that that was a crazy that was a crazy night i mean we that was that was one night where we just shot that one scene um and as we're doing it i mean for like that that four minute um, take, um, literally, we would reset the room. Um, you'd have maybe a minute, maybe forty five seconds. Then the actors come back in, the camera comes back in. Everything's got to be different, um, and you're literally going from room to room to room. The crew right behind the scenes of just changing everything around to make it look like time had passed um, without any cuts whatsoever. And I still can't believe that. It, like when when my when my director at the time um austin bosley was like this is what we're going to do i was like that sounds really cool but we're not we're not going to be able to do that um i just yeah. i it was one of those things where I, I just was like okay well it'd be awesome if we're able to but like we might want to have a backup plan but i was just like wow like we were able to do this like it was really cool that was kind of one of those things that i would have never um that's kind of one of those things too where it's like working with 
the team, it's it's amazing because people are going to come up with other things, other ideas and other inspirations that you might not have thought of yourself. Uh, but also it's one of those things too, where you're just going to, you're going to have like this new outpouring of creativity that I would have never thought of. And I'm glad that he did because that's one of those things where I'm just, that makes me happy every time I see it. Cause I'm like, yeah, we were able to do that. 100% in my honest opinion, it is one of the cooler um, montages I've ever seen for the simple fact that oh, montages are not done in one fucking take. You know, mm -hmm. you got, you got, you got fucking Rocky running upstairs and then you got him doing pushups and then you got him punching fucking dead ribs in the freezer. That's how montages are done. And, mm -hmm. and it made me curious too. I'm like, is this an error? Did they cut this fucking scene so well that I think it's one camera take? Or is there a bunch of fucking errors in the background? Because I could have swore they were just, they, they were at a poker table and then it changed yep. into a regular table. And I'm like, I think they're trying to do a montage here, trying to show that time has passed, but it's yeah. like in a, a minute and a half or so. So mm -hmm. I was, I was a little bit confused only in the first couple of seconds. And then I caught on right away. And I just mm -hmm. think that it was beautifully done. It was fucking genius. It was really smart and brave. It was super brave to pull yeah, that off. Thank you. A fucking montage with zero camera cuts. <laughs> right. And it reminded me of the opening scene of Halloween. So it was just like, did that shit happen on accident or are these guys just that fucking mm -hmm. smart? You know, like it was really cool, dude. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with how that turned out because it's one of those things that I never would have thought it would have worked and it worked beautifully. And I'm really, I'm really happy with, with that, especially. There's a couple of surprising things in that movie too. Like uh, when the girl's in the bathroom, and her friend mm -hmm. runs up the stairs, not runs up, but she goes up the stairs to be like, I kind of feel alone. I'm, I'm sorry for being a bitch or whatever. I'm the only one here without a, mm -hmm. a guy or whatever. There's that mirror. And I'm like, oh, they're going to use the fucking mirror for something. Like everybody <laughs> does the fucking mirror thing. But yeah. like, but, but at, at, at first I didn't really think that, you know what I mean? I'm like, mm -hmm. the first thing that hit my head was like, man, they're like, uh, I hope they use the mirror, you know, like. I will, I wonder why people put mirrors in their movies, you know, because it doesn't always happen. Mm. Sometimes a fucking mirror is just there because people have mirrors in their houses, you know? Right. But but with that scene, it was fucking gangster, dude, because when she was done, she walked in like, sure as shit, in the mirror, the fucking bathroom door opens and the killer was in the bathroom the whole time. That was yeah. another really smart <laughs> thing that you guys chose to do. Did you write that in the script or... Was there a mirror in the cabin and you're like, dude, let's put it in the corner and then have the guy come out of the bathroom. How did you guys work that scene out? I'm trying to remember. I, I want to say that it was written in the script. Um, I, I don't know um, how exactly it was played out in the script. Um, I know that there was kind of like that mirrored reflection um, that there, that was included in that scene somewhere. Um, it's been, it's been a long, it's been a while. So, I mean, it's been like five, five, six years since I wrote the screenplay. So I don't remember 100%. Um, but I, I want to say that it was, it was included in there somewhere, but I don't know if that kind of like, like that kind of, you know, not at the end. It's like, Hey, look, I'm still here. I don't know for sure if that was in the, the, the final script or if that was something that Austin added himself. Um, but yeah, that, that was that I, I, I kind of like that little, the little touch too. Cool, man. That's pretty much all I got, dude. We're a little over an hour. Audie, do you is there anything you want to say to no. Kevin or ask Kevin? No, I've I've covered every. I, I'm going to end up watching your other two movies, uh, <laughs> eventually. I'm I'm going up to see Darren 
another week. So we're going to probably binge yeah. watch on some of your yeah, movies. Yeah, I, I, awesome. I don't know if you know this, Kevin, but I, I live in uh, Illinois and he lives in Missouri. So like we met on Facebook like six years ago and now we got a podcast together and he's going to drive up <laughs> six hours to hang out. So hey, gonna, no, that's watch. awesome. I love that. Like I love like the like there's like that family out there, especially like people that love horror like i love going to conventions because like i'm always meeting people where it's just like oh hey do you remember this do you, like, do you remember this like did you love this like um yeah it's just yeah, it's 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 so it's so wonderful like just because like like you're not the only geek you're surrounded by other geeks that love the same stuff right. that you do and it's just it's such it's like a, a that wonderful mutant family and i love them all what i think is cool is like uh your mom's into horror. My mom, not so much. But one day mm-hmm. there was don't go to the reunion in VHS on our kitchen counter. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And she's like, Dude, she's like, you have a cousin that makes horror movies. I'm like, bullshit. I never met him. Where is this cousin of Where's this long lost horror fan cousin of mine? Why am you I know? not in his movies? No, not that. I'm just like, I'm like, where's my horror movie cousin? Like, what the, you mean that I have someone in my bloodline that loves horror movies as much as I do? I got to hang out with this dude. And it was just cool to, <laughs> to know that, you know, that I have a, we're blood related, you know, and I just like, who yeah, we never, no, that, that is awesome. It's wild, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we never even crazy. met before, but it's fucking. <laughs> D- Darren, Kevin, Kevin, Darren. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? it's, yeah <laughs> um, it's, it's such a small world, especially like, um, yeah, I don't know what it is about, especially horror. Like, it's just like, I have like all these like, different relatives here or there it's just like oh yeah i love those movies too um it's something especially with scream for some reason like everyone in my family like just seems to love it which is really kind of bizarre too in the fact that like there's that whole like family backstory with scream too so it just kind of adds like another thing to it um but yeah i just i i've always loved horror movies and it's something that to, to the day i die i'm, I'm still gonna be watching them still gonna be you yep. know making them mm-hmm. it's just it's something that's always been in my blood and it's just something that I just, I just, I just find them to be so much fun and it's just so much, so entertaining. And, you know, if, if I'm scared like that, that's a bonus. Um, if I have a good time, like that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, man. That's cool. And, uh, you know, if it, if it wasn't for horror movies, Audie and I probably would have never met. And, oh. uh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, it brings yeah every, it's, that's awesome. It's really fucking cool, dude. I forgot Kevin, what else you said. I was going to say something. I totally fucking forgot, but. Kevin, is there anything that you want to plug? Yeah. Uh, bring up. Uh, yeah, I guess like um, if you're if you're interested in any of our films, um, go to slasherstudios.com. You can purchase all of them there. Um, otherwise, they're also available um, to rent or buy streaming on Amazon. Otherwise, if you want to check out our our three short films, they're on the Don't Go to Reunion DVD. Otherwise, they're also on YouTube. You can check them out that way as well if you look up Slasher Studios. Um, but that's that's about it. All yeah, right, so I'll you don't definitely... mind if we put a link to your website in our yeah. description? No, we... that that would be awesome. I'd love Ooh, that because the audio is going to go on Spotify, iTunes. We're fucking everywhere, so we're awesome. going to put your description, cool. and hopefully, we'll awesome. get you some movies sold. Yeah, man. awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. We'd love to have you back sometime too in the future. This is one of the most fun yeah. episodes I've done, just because <laughs> me and me and Audie try to stay away from. Let's talk about horror movies because it's just mm-hmm. I don't know they're opinionated and it's just. It's uh no one wants to listen to two fucking guys they don't know talk about horror movies. <laughs> Who gives a shit? So it's always cool to interview somebody about the things they do. So this is a really fun one for me because we don't always get to interview horror movie guys, you know. So mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun no, and was, thank you so much for yeah, coming. I had a blast on, too. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had a, I had a wonderful time. Yes, sir, Kevin.
Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, we'll let you get out yeah. of here and then uh, okay. have a great weekend, dude. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, hey, thanks man. for having me. Yeah, right. see ya. Bye. Later, dude. What's up, man? That was What's fucking up? sweet, huh? Yeah, dude. I, I enjoy I enjoy these kind uh these kinds of interviews. You know, indie films is I always have a thing for indie films because just for the simple fact of the heart and time passion that goes into them, you know, it's so much easy to go watch a big paramount or whatever, you know. Uh, but the indie films always have that more of drive and, and passion in them. And then maybe that's why I like that. And I like the posters, but whatever, who am I? You right. Know? Oh, um, definitely. They're passion projects, man. They, they, like the it, people who are making them movies, I'm sure they have rough days just like anybody else at work. But yeah, my, like my dad always said, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And I bet a lot of these indie guys genuinely enjoy being at work because they love horror movies. I don't love cars. I don't love building cars. I do it so I can fucking, go to work, get my money and then spend it on horror movie shit, sure. you know? <laughs> so to Absolutely. be involved in, that's why this podcast is so fun. Cause I love hanging out with you yep. and I love talking about the things that we talk about. And it's just, it's fucking sweet, dude. So yeah, it's, it, you know, it, running the 3d printing business, I've geared almost all of it around horror. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah, man. and I wanted to be, you know, and I'm broad on it, but uh, at the end of the day, I'll, I'll print a jack uh torrents bust <laughs> right yeah yeah this is right. a great episode it was really fun i enjoy these type of episodes getting indie filmmakers and then uh we're gonna have kevin on in the future um kevin lockhart who did how on the hog i've talked yeah, to him that'll be lots of fun yeah he, he he'll tell you his perspective on that movie in an in indie slasher film well it wasn't a slasher it was more i know but same we thing. we gonna do a after show here for our patreon yeah. or what yeah are we gonna we? do okay. the patreon after well, show. let's hop off here so i can piss smoke a cigarette but before that yep. we gotta give a huge fucking shout out to our patrons our supporters our producers we got ben newman he's the number one son ben newman's our fucking ex- audi's our executive producer he's the tech i'm the talent uh ben is the executive producer number two and then we got Chandra Daler, we got Ryan Merriman, we got Brent Kopaka, we got Tara Myers, and we got Paul Tonkovich. Thank you so much for contributing to our podcast and helping us do this. Yeah, it's, uh, it's I don't really, know what fuck to say except thank you, well, thank, no, it, you, thank you, fucking thank you. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely help uh, helped us with certain projects that we're doing. Um, it's definitely it's opened my eyes. You know, because I've never done anything to get support financially, I guess. And uh, it's 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 opening the doors to some awesome stuff in the future. And and those who support us, thank you guys. It's uh, and they're going to get the kickback for doing so. Oh, absolutely. You know, right. that's that's what it's for is to give something back. Uh, merch, prints, uh, these guests. Yeah. You know, right. So thank y'all. I if we make y'all. it, you make it. We'll fucking exactly. we'll bring you out there with us, man. <laughs> but, but uh yeah, yeah let's let's fucking end this because I gotta I gotta man, MP, I gotta piss real that bad. Weak ass, that weak ass talent. How many beers, beers have you drank in the last hour and twenty minutes? Mother? Look, I have to drink water, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll drink plenty of beer when you come up here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Of-
that's a show within itself. I can't wait yeah. for that one. So everybody know in, in the next couple of weeks, Audie's gonna come up here and stay with me for like four days. So expect a lot of fucking content. A lot of a lot of so if you want to see a lot of behind and... the scenes shenanigans, now is the time to hop on our fucking Patreon and donate five dollars a month because you're that's gonna where get it's going. all yeah, it's it's not going we're, on here, man. We're doing we're doing live ghost hunts. Yes, and what's true. the game that I kicked your ass at? What is it? Um, which one pool kaponk pig kaponk. What the fuck Behind the scenes you kicked my ass in every goddamn game much even fucking air hockey the little <laughs> fucking football game with the fucking piece of paper i'm fucking pissed it's bullshit you <laughs> <laughs> beat be me in fucking catwalking our fucking kids <laughs> made outfits for us and we did a fucking little catwalk down the street he fucking he got more votes than i did on that one from the neighbors I, I beat you in the sobriety test. <laughs> yeah, that and like I got a six foot privacy fence. Who could pee the highest? He fucking beat me in that. It's a bunch of bullshit. Fuck this guy. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> why? Why are we friends? I don't know. I know. It's fucking insane. I love you, brother, and yeah, I love yeah, all of our patrons. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you later. Thank you for tuning in to our little Passion Project podcast. Remember, we go live every single Friday night, same damn time, same damn channel. So if you miss it. Don't blame us.